It is a holiday weekend, fellers. How we doing? How do? I'm phenomenal. Phenomenal. With a PH. Really? Oh, I got to add that to the uh, bingo card. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Going down. We got a bingo card, people. It's on its, its way. Because apparently we say a lot of things over and over again, <laughs> people. Flipping. Hammer. Hammer. Uh, what do you, you guys think of the rolling today? Black I like it. Calm. Right? Calm. Yeah, day before the fourth. Tomorrow we're going to blow shit up. Is this Paul McCartney? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is Wings. And it wasn't the Beatles, but let's I wasn't me sure in. if it was Wings or just just Paul. Um, Paul. Since this, since this uh, show is fully audio, we have to give you a visual description of our whereabouts and talk yes, about uh, our good old friends. Now listen, Stu Holden, on the broadcast on Wednesday when we were playing against uh, Kits and Nevis, said out loud that St. Louis is the spiritual home of soccer in the United States. Heard it. I can attest. If that's true, which Heard. we all agree, then where we are is the spiritual home of soccer in St. Louis. Would you agree? Uh, this is maybe like the 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 central organ structure of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, the peripheral. Are, okay, so let's say the city of St. Louis is the body, right? Okay. Sure. And one arm is North County. The other arm is South County. Yep. The kneecap is Forest Park grass fields or, yeah. uh, you know. The heart is maybe the new Midtown Jewel. Yeah, city park. somewhere connected in that nervous system. In the belly. This in is the, the belly. This is the belly? Yeah. The quan. Yeah. Sure. I'm picturing the game Operation <laughs> when you hit the side. <laughs> the, the, the bread basket. You know. It's the bread basket. It, it, we, we are at Amsterdam Tavern. <laughs> <laughs> we let's just call it what it is. Sitting here, having some ice cold beers, getting ready for our guests to uh, pop on here, and, and we're outside. Just a few minutes. We are outside in the beer garden. Yep. Um, I got the picture of you guys sending me uh, a set that you sent to me that showed you outside, and I second guessed the pick. Like, ooh, it's a little warm. It's young in the day here. It's only going to get warmer, and I was wrong. It's beautiful out here. That's great. It was a game time decision. <clears throat> we had the option to sit inside, but I'm like, nah, let's go beer garden day. Yep. We're on the green turf. We are. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, just a quick kind of request of uh, for you listeners. Um, we are extremely grateful and, and, and frankly, probably humbled to a degree uh, of the support and the feedback. You know, we're having a blast doing the show and apparently... Quite a few of you are enjoying listening. Um, what I would ask is this. It, it, share with one friend. It's a pay it forward Monday, right? Let one friend know about the show. And the, the more people to listen, frankly, it's a lot easier to get guests like the guests we have on today. Because inevitably, when we ask these people that have real lives in the game while we just sit around and talk shit about it, um, they always ask, well, how's the show doing? And because of your support, it's doing well, and we continue to get these fans. So thank you, number one. Number two, share it with one friend. We would be uber grateful. Sound good? Fair? Uh, that's fair to me. Easy I mean, deal, This right? guy today is, I mean, are you kidding me? This guy embodies what our game and how it started and where it's at today. I, I just, I can't wait. 
It's going to be fun. Yes, sir. Uh, last episode, um, we've talked about it repeatedly amongst ourselves, and we've had apparently a number of conversations one on one with other third parties between each of us. Don Ebert, the Mad Hatter, uh, Steamers legend, now the uh, technical director, coaching director out at FC Irvine, strikers out there uh, who are just cleaning up uh, in the MLS Next uh, League. Uh, he came on and he just he walked the walk, talked the talk, had great stories. It was it was it was fun. It was I don't know that that is the simplest description I have of the last episode. Fun, because he just he brought it. We've done sixty something of these things, and uh, we've like you've already mentioned we've had a lot of fun. And um, after you turn the red light off during that episode we kind of just looked around at each other and really didn't say much. And we were just like, that was awesome. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the way you explain it, JB, I, almost identical. I mean, thoughts, Zach? I mean, how, how I mean, fun was you that? can just feel when things click after doing it for a while. You can tell when there's been a good one and when there's been a mm, meh one, or as the kids say, a mid version. And this one... Yeah, you could just feel it, uh, and I—that's cap. <laughs> no, no cap, no cap. Uh, it, it, it was just—I think—the passion that he had. I mean, he—you could hear him walking and pacing while he was talking. Yeah, and you could hear him hold the phone away at certain times because he was getting louder than he probably thought he should. And but I loved the commentary on the competition side of it. You know, with with him versus you know Galaxy and then FC later, and yep. uh, the partners he's built up in in Europe and and also in another MLS region, um, and I, I just think it was it was great. Well, go back to it, check it out because if you ever wondered who Don Ebert would take on a deserted island, the one steamer partner to go with him and like make it all right, you gotta listen to the episode. I'm not gonna give it away. There's <laughs> no a little spoilers. teaser. Uh, here's what we're going to do, because we're going to uh, jump in and thank our friends at thepinnacleloans.com uh, for, again, supporting the show. It goes back to what I was just talking about a little earlier. Um, people like the stories. They really like the stories, and they're going to try and help make sure that we keep getting more of them. Uh, so today, on the pinnacle points of the day, I've, I've got mine. I've got mine. i got mine. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Jared I'll had go. his hand up. Jared's first. So the, he, the does, pinnacle, he did have his hand up, the, people. The pinnacle <laughs> points of the day, point one, um, Gold Cup. Um, 6-0 result against Trinidad. On to... Um, St. Kitts. Uh, no, yesterday. No, yesterday. 6-0 oh, yes. result. Yes, yes, Game yes. three. Um, win the group. On to quarterfinals. Um, Ferreira, uh, another hat trick. Um, and they were clean. They were technical. They were both, both goals. The Cade Cow kid is a flipping hammer. I mean, that guy. Bingo. Mark that on your bingo card. Watch that individual effort of a goal. That was pure class. And for all of us that were worried, the the, the roster, the roster, the roster, um, they're developing players. They're playing well. Now, we'll see what happens when we get into the knockout round and we start to play better teams. But I'm excited to kind of finish this Gold Cup out and just, just watch it from afar. Because um, uh, it is na- as bad as the naysayers were about the, the lineup, 
um, you know, yeah. we're, we're doing okay. Yeah. So I, I'm going to add a one B to that. This is not my point of the day, but this is my one okay. B onto yours. I think that the naysayers, to your point, um, with the U.S. team in particular in these tournaments that are rolling out right now in the international break, in the international season here, um, MLS is stepping up. The MLS players are proving, uh, you know, that gap, that gap that we've always talked about and most people assume between the European-based players and our domestic-based players. Um, they look good. They look really good. And I think uh, the chemistry... The, you know, kudos to the yet recent intern coach. Did City hit it right with uh, the absence of Cade Cow at the Gold Cup when we played San Jose? He'd have been pretty hard to handle on that yeah. wing. No, I, I, yeah. I so I'm going to keep it short. One B is bravo MLS domestic players that are in the camp as well. You are creating uh, more of a discussion, more of a debate moving forward uh, for the lineup. Uh, you know, for the for the larger tournament or the later stages, mm-hmm. uh, European players, you're on watch because yeah. the domestic boys are looking good. My my pinnacle point too is is not in contrast, but I still would love to see Jesus Ferreira do what he did, or even a third of what he did against an opponent that is going to matter in a World Cup. Cup qualifier. He's going to get um, a shot in quarterfinals, semifinals, maybe finals. And I hope that he does because I think, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, it's two island nations. I think mm. Stu Holden called him a pirate of the Caribbean, um, <laughs> which, okay. But, you know, nobody else did it uh, other than Landon Look, Donovan. So, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not being negative on him. What I'm saying is let's hold off on crowning him anything and let's, let's give him the due that he – you know the credit he's due for scoring two hat tricks in two consecutive international games. All amazing. I, I just want to see it continue, and then and then and then the naysayers can shut the. You know it'll be over. But well, I think the one thing about that is um, we, yeah. we we yeah. we yeah. see it. Everybody sees it, even down at the youth level. When you think about it, everybody thinks that their kid or a coach says that kid is the kid, right? And they're at the top of their pile. And when it get, comes time to move that kid to the next level, i.e. Ferreira in this example, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, let's see him do it there. Let's see him do it there. Well, you got to put those kids around better teammates, a better full lineup. N- now you're going to see, look, uh, when you distribute a pass, a hard pass, if you're playing with better players, they tend to settle it more often, more easily easily or you make the run and you're looking for the perfect pass again you play with the higher level sure. players you're likely going to get better results so kudos to him because again i'll go to the first goal yesterday world class it's beautiful it was to, that 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 setup touch volley inside the boom. foot i'm just going to pass it in that yep. nobody's going to get in the way it was awesome no again not taking anything away from him and i think yeah. unlike cade cowell jesus ferrer has had opportunities to play with that first team and hasn't shown like this. And maybe it's because he wasn't playing in a, yeah. in a role that he needed to be that leader. But the only thing I was going to mention really quickly, so 2.0, is, is Pulisic and Aronson both making moves out of English Premier League very likely. Love both of those. Yes, Pulisic going to AC Milan and uh, Brendan Aronson likely going to uh, Union Berlin. Yep. And so moving out of the English Premier League into Bundesliga and, uh, <clears throat> oh my God, Syria. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they translate their skills from 
where they've started to there. I hope they um, they put themselves in position to be mainstays. They stay healthy because for me, the best thing that could happen to them wherever they go is that they play minutes. Yeah, they start. They 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 become leaders of those teams. Using those guys as a utility role or a start here and there is not going to help us big picture internationally. So my only remark to the move is, which all of counts, I think it, it potentially is for both of them, that they're going into those teams to be counted on as mainstay starters. Yeah. And if that's the case, then United States soccer wins. Well, and speaking as a diehard Chelsea fan, I was not happy when Pulisic came a number of years ago. Out of fear of what has happened. Minutes. Yeah. Play. He should be, arguably is, our best, quote, best player, right? But he's not going to be, and he's not going to be able to execute, and he's not going to be able to carry the torch and cross the proverbial finish line, meaning winning big games, if he's not getting minutes in the domestic league and at Chelsea, he didn't. And it's simple as that. Yeah. So now, go, go to Italy, grind, get the minutes, come back, because both these players are going to be absolutely critical for the next World Absolutely. Cup. Point three. What do you got? Point three. I'm going off the rails today oh boy. with my point three. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions here. Uh, are you familiar with liquid death? Yes. Yeah, I am. What is it? What Canned is it? water. Canned water. Yep. Zach, how much is it roughly? Oh, $8. No, it's like 4 Yeah. About $4. Either of you ever had it? I have. No. You have? I have. Thoughts? No. Tastes like water? Uh, it tastes like water from a can. Cool. Which, Jared? by the way, just on a, a side note, Drinking water from a can messes with my brain. Why? Because everything that I drink from a can typically has carbonation. And so when you drink something that's flat from a can, it feels weird. I personally like drinking water from a can. I, the Aquafina's at City Park. Yeah, yeah. It's all can. I'm, I'm into it. Now, here's... I never had one. Here's my point of the day. <laughs> and this is just an entertainment. At City Park, especially. Um, the creative team at Liquid Death, they got really, really smart. What they did is they created an album. It's actually called Greatest Hates. And they're up to volume three. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. (laughs) Here, I'll show you guys a picture. And while you're listening in, Greatest Hates, volume three. That is an 80s hair band cover album. Love it. Album cover. Okay, so simplistically put, what they did is they've taken actual hate mail, tweets, etc., and they took the the one-liners and turned them all into songs. So, for my pinnacle point of the day, number three, I'm going to play you arguably my favorite. And there's a lot on here. Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to read some of them. Uh, F whoever started this. You deserve your mouth peed in. Disappointed and dissatisfied. I'd rather die. There's not even alcohol in it. I'm sure that's a great one. This is very demonic. Uh, here's another real creative one. Go F yourself. Oh. I got a creative one. And here's, hold on, here's here's the one. This is the one. I'm going to play it for you guys. It's called, It's Dumb and I Won't Buy It. Well, did their designers here let's take see. it straight from Ed Hardy? I don't care where they took it from. <laughs> because of this album, I'm going to buy one. Here, listen real quick, people. Here it comes. I love it. They literally produced everyone. Is this Sheena Easton? I'm envisioning her singing it, yes. 
It's dumb. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's water fucking can. There we go. Here it comes. <laughs> yeah, kudos. Marketing to genius. Marketing team. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I and I was scrolling LinkedIn, the clean cut white collar world of advertising, <laughs> and boom, here nice. comes the liquid death. What do you guys think? You like that? I one? love it. <laughs> hey, we're talking about it. Multiple people I know are talking about it. I have an opinion on it. So whatever they're doing is working. Well, <clears throat> I'm a fan. I am definitely a fan. I'm a fan of the idea that we're reducing, like if they can get that becoming more of a trend where you get canned water as opposed to plastic bottled water, I'm in. You're saving the whales, huh? Hell yeah. Saving the turtles. You got turtles. Okay. And your children. And you know. Because my kids like the ocean. Yeah, me too. All right. All right, guys. We're going to roll out the little wings here. Then we're going to be bringing our guest on. Uh, we're going to have some fun today. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Again, share with one friend, just like Tiny Tim. Help Tiny Tim out. Little bitty gift. Give them a nugget of the show. We appreciate the support, and we'll be back after this break. Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Winslow. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice cold beer, I can thank the team over at ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. 20 and 0 as freshmen? Really? The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. He's my brother, so here I am, guys. Well, I, I really appreciate it. We're, we're so stoked about this. Looking forward to it. Uh, you are uh, you, a legend for all of us. You know, grew up watching fans. Uh, we've always heard the stories, you know, from the back seat. Now with this show, we've been lucky enough to talk to some individuals that were in the front seat with you. Uh, yeah. So it was really, it, it was a no-brainer for us. We were going to try hard to get you on. So thank you for your time, first off. My pleasure, and I got. I'm good for 45 minutes. I don't know how you yep. long you guys used to go, but um, I'm good for 45. I got to get ready for another Zoom, you know, on the hour. But look, I appreciate you doing this. I, I mean it, you know. And we'll start anywhere you want to start, but you, you know the evolution of the sport, and and I think, you know, again, 
people have selective memory. But, you, you know, in my day, without Trost, in theory, and, and the St. Louis, uh, you know, Olympic team boys, we were sort of pioneers to really start lifting the sport. But yeah. even up to today, you guys, I'm in the media now, too, um, for a good 25, 30 years with ESPN and Fox and MSG and now Apple, but you're part of the media. And, and, and this is all part of the growth of the sport. So Our, our uh, wives call us part of the problem. <laughs> so. Join the club. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I we, we're rolling right now, so um, the magic of post-production will make this all seem super fluid. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of want to go back to to the, the introduction here, what kind of got us uh, uh, on the line with you following the Altrost episode. Because, um, again, Al, Altrost is one of those guys, growing up here in St. Louis, there are certain names that you just know. you know, And then you think you know, and then you meet the individual, and they start talking, and you're like, I don't know shit. And Al was one of those guys, was just so... We were so humbled to talk to him. And at the end of it, when we were going through... Uh, he, number one, he had fun. And because he had fun, he was the one that started kind of mentioning, hey, I'd be happy to make this connection. And, and your name came up and he's like, well, I'll reach out to him. And I recall from the email he sent to me, he's like, well, Shep told me he doesn't normally do this stuff, <laughs> but because it's for you, I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> so, so thank you again for that. And thank you. I, I guess where I'd like to start is Let's go. Let's go right back to the to to the starting line. You know your uh, the early days, and specifically with the St. Louis connection, the Altros of the day. You know, in the early part of your career, because our, obviously the bulk of our listeners are here in the St. Louis metro. We're growing into other markets, but our St. Louis people they definitely know you. Well, again, thanks for having me, and let me go back to the root of of my. Uh, Start in the game when I really started to take it seriously, and how how St. Louis was involved in that. So I'll quickly say that I didn't see a soccer ball till I was 16. I played American football, baseball, basketball in high school. A running back, a wide receiver in football, and we had a serious injury on That's the football amazing. team, and I canceled the football program. I was 16 years old. We had a very strong high school soccer program. The coach came over to me because he knew the football season had been canceled. He said, look, you play football, basketball, baseball. You're a point guard. You can rebound. you got great hands, and you're a little bit crazy. I need a goalkeeper, right? <laughs> so I went into the goal, and, and I'll fast forward to college because that's when St. Louis came on my radar screen. I played for a very good uh, college team at Harvard. Uh, two years, uh, we made it to the Final Four in the NCAA. And in 1971, we ended up playing in Miami. St. Louis was matched up with somebody else. We, Harvard, were playing um, against Howard University with Lincoln Phillips as the coach. Uh, we ended up losing to Howard, one nothing, and had we won, we, we would have played St. Louis, which in my eyes, in my ears, in my head, yeah. all we knew about was St. Louis University soccer, that's top of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. So 
I ended up getting goalkeeper of the tournament. Uh, never got to play against St. Louis in the final. Um, but then shortly after, uh, I was invited to the Olympic tryout. And lo and behold, I just missed playing St. Louis for the NCAA championship. And now I was hitchhiking. To SIU. <laughs> there it is. How did you there get there? I, I hitchhiked. I'm not. I'm not telling you kids today to do it. But, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't have a nickel. I was in New York City. I put out my thumb. I hitched the ride. It took me about four days to get there. And and I walked onto the field on SIU with Bob Gelker as the coach. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time I saw guys who were heroes to me. I had known the name Al Trost, right? I'd never met him, heard about him. John Carenza, Mike Seary, Joe Ham. I mean, the list goes on and on of St. Louis boys there. And, it, it, you know, again, I'm a long-haired, New York, mustache, hippie-looking guy. And Gelker, <laughs> you know, I had the crew cut. I didn't think he liked me too much. But, you know, I played my ass off for two days. Um, and, and I'll never forget, I didn't have money for a hotel. So Sunday night, I, I went to the airport, and I slept at the gate where my flight was taken off the next morning. And I think the paper is still called the St. Louis Dispatch. Yeah. Right? I woke up in the morning on the floor at the gate. I had enough change to buy a newspaper. Maybe I stole it. I don't know. <laughs> and I opened it up. Well, the statute of limitations is long over. We won't tell. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I was quick. I did see a woman. You had good hands. Over. Yeah, put her money in. She pulled down the latch. She grabbed her paper, and I jumped in. But I opened it up, and, and that's when I read, you know, U.S. Olympic team selected, and my name was there. Wow. So, <clears throat> well, I mean, a- after that, I mean, the, the journey, that short-term journey, including kind of the transition out of football into soccer, and a few short years later, what did the, what did that mean in that split second? Did you really have an idea as to what it meant with your name on that list in the big picture? And or was it just like, well, this has been a cool trip. Let's keep it going. And five to seven years after you touched a soccer ball for the first time, which is just flipping out of this world. <laughs> it, it, it's a message I give to kids today. And, 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 and I really have no ego. I, I'm not, I mean, I'm proud of what, what I've done. I never think about it. I, I, I you know, I, I grew up with Dr. Julius Irving, Dr. J, mm-hmm. and we used to play hoops together. He was a lot better than me. And, <laughs> you know, be humble when you win, be, be gracious when you lose, and do both with dignity. So I, I'm never about, I don't like these people who show their ego. So back to your point, what did I think at the moment? It's the message I give kids today, and I, I just spoke uh, last month to a, you know, first grade to fourth grade boys and girls, they were having an Olympic uh, reading uh, week in school. And as a former Olympian, they wanted me to speak to the kids. And, and my message to the kids, I'll get back to your question, sure. was, look, you can be anything you want in the world, but all of you children sitting out here in front of me, yes, I, I made it to the Olympic Games. I had an Olympic party in my backyard when I was 10 years old. And I made the Olympic game in my backyard because at 10 years old, I dreamt about being an Olympian. You children sitting here today, 
every one of you can change one thing tomorrow morning when you wake up. And that one thing is your attitude. Wake up, change your attitude, find something you love, shoot for the stars, dream big, and never give up. You're going to hear a lot more no's in your life than yeses. But find what you love, shoot for the top of the game, the top of the pyramid, and don't ever quit. Once you quit, you're done. Never accept no. Keep going. So to that moment, I mean, there was a flash where I was proud, sitting on the gate on the floor at the <laughs> airport in St. Louis. But I always look to the future. What could I do next? Right? Yeah. What could I, I do next? So get home, train, work out. And, and, and look, I think, again, Altro's, I singled him out because he connected us. He's a model for all of us. Not because of his unbelievable skill with the pole at his feet. I mean, for a big, strong, lanky guy, it was yeah. incredible how he could glide with the ball, right? We mm -hmm. watched Messi today, and that's a different type of body, right? But Al Trost, this gangly, tall, lanky guy, tough as nails, but silky smooth with the ball. We all have our own style. I, I, I'm digressing. So where did my path go from there? Okay, you make the Olympic team. That connection with the St. Louis boys is, is forever in my heart, right? You, you, I name them all. Right? Joe Ham, Mike well, Theory. I, I have a question for you. Uh, those early sure. days, the the introduction to the U.S. camps and those teams, et cetera. Did you ever run across a group of people from Kansas City that were on the same level? <laughs> Who am I missing? Just, no, <laughs> apparently quite a few of them. <laughs> we, we joke because the, uh, you know, here across the I-70 rivalry of Missouri, um, you know, we, our show, we feel we've brought the goods improving the foundational relevance of St. Louis to the game, the, its players, et cetera, you know, and, and, and sporting KC has on the side of their stadium, soccer capital of America. So I, we were just kind of playing along. Do you, do you, and here's where I'm going with this one. I had to poke fun at Kansas city a little bit, but two, yeah. you, you know, you, you, you come from another Mecca, a different kind of Mecca, you know, the big urban metropolis that is the Bronx, New York, et cetera, the upper Northeast, uh, you know, with all the guys from Jersey that were pumping out, you know, your generation and shortly thereafter, the Harks and Miolas, et cetera. Here, let's, we're fast forwarding now to 2023. When you look at the national landscape, what, what do you see now? Because back then you, you could describe, okay, St. Louis players, they looked or acted like X, you know, the Northeast players looked and, and acted like Y, etc. What do you see now as far as style when it comes to describing the American player, um, you know, sitting in the position that you, that you do? So that's a great question. And I could spend an hour on each of these. That's a great question. <laughs> I can answer it in a myriad of ways. First of all, I'm a New York Jersey guy. Right? So <laughs> I don't want to hear about Seattle, Portland, the great Pacific, you know, or, or, or right? Kansas City. No, Kansas, look, I love Kansas City. <laughs> no. You know, for, for their soccer and for their ribs. But I had many great years of kids. There we go. With, with dear friends who played forever there, professionally, both indoors and outdoors. But, but look, 
you, you, we all we all stand on the champ on the shoulders of a champion that came before us. When I was playing with Peleg and the Cosmos at at, at Giant Stadium, seventy seven thousand people. I'll tell you who the ball boys were. Right, yeah. eight, nine, ten years old. John Hart, yep. Tony Miola, Ham Ramos. Right, those, those her, were the her, kids. We, that we, we, we've heard of them. Yeah, I've heard of those guys. <laughs> I, I, Shep, I've got a question for you. Based on that, so you didn't touch a ball until about 16 years old. You're growing up yep. in New York, playing baseball, playing football, playing basketball. Who did you idolize growing up? Because there wasn't really a, a soccer group out there you could idolize as, as a player. You know, there, there wasn't identifiable goalies like there are now where the Shep Messings of the world. So who did you look up to in, in, in at that time and, and did you model any of your style after anybody absolutely great question and again look my philosophy is a lot different than traditional soccer football people <laughs> first of all i don't believe in for kids and youth development soccer 12 months of the year you, you know i was friends with uh, kobe bryant yeah. and, and i know lebron and we've all talked about the benefit of playing multiple sports, especially at a young age, instead of, you know, the competitive scene in youth soccer from five years up, and I think that's counterproductive to to developing well-rounded athletes and well-rounded people. So my skill set from basketball, baseball, football, I think helped me as a goalkeeper. To answer your question, I had zero role models, zero. I mean, I I didn't know a soccer player. I didn't know who Pelé was. I, I didn't know anything. You know, in those early years in college, when I got to college, all I knew was I aspired to play St. Louis for the championship and beat them. I didn't know Man City or Barcelona or Real Madrid. I knew nothing. My universe was American-centric. I'm an American kid. I love this game, and I guess I'm pretty good at it, so I want to get better. It wasn't until I was a pro that I first got a coach. Uh, again, I didn't have a goalkeeper coach until I had a coach named Hubert Vogelsinger. We know him from the Vogelsinger yep. camps. Yep. And Hubert, uh, I, I take it back, with our Olympic team, Bob Gelker brought in a German, Mark Kramer, who had been the German national team coach, and he was uh, affiliated with U.S. soccer and our Olympic team. And Detmar Kramer gave me my first goalkeeper training at, at 20 years old wow. so yeah after that i got videos i read books but it was all about myself like a sponge what could i learn what could i read what could i analyze on videotape and then how could i build look goalkeeping a lot of people argue we're not soccer players we're not we're lunatics. <laughs> yes, but, but we all love you guys. Yeah, we all yeah. need you. I I got a question here um, yeah. because we're a St. Louis show. Um, yep. I, I got to touch on this because I've I've done a lot of reading on you, uh, my man. Um, you had mentioned seventy seven thousand in Giant Stadium, and those of us that know the history of the game, them Cosmos teams specifically, went on tours after the season in Asia and Europe and South America, and I'm sure you played in some iconic historic highly populated stadiums um you have said um game seven in the indoor league when you were with uh the new york team coming to the checker dome playing the steamers 
that might have been one of your most electric stadium experiences in your playing career. Can you speak about that time and, and, and maybe that game specifically? <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. And let me let me put it in context, because when you mention St. Louis and the Cosmos, I'm going to give you a quick story about the Cosmos playing in St. Louis with Franz Beckenbauer on my team, the greatest libero sweeper in the history of the sport. I don't know what the baseball stadium is there, Bush Stadium? Yep. Or wherever. Okay. So we're playing at Bush Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. That's that was the venue there. This was a league game in the, the NASL. Against the Stars, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back and down. I, I, don't, I, I don't know whether it was McBride who got the ball, but the Stars are coming at us. We're at, my goal is in the infield portion of the field, right? And they had, you know, they level it out. The baseball infield is still there. They play a through ball into the penalty area. Beckenbauer steps over. He puts his foot out to trap the ball. It hits what was the pitching mound, <laughs> and it jumps over his foot. And and I think it was McBride. Uh, McBride comes in, smacks the ball home. <laughs> Beckenbauer looks at me. He goes, <laughs> "I said, France, welcome to America." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so called look. cardinal cardinal baseball, right? Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that look, I loved indoor soccer. I loved it. Again, as a goalkeeper, instead of you know being poised for ninety minutes to make two or three crucial plays in a ninety-minute game, you know indoor soccer, right? Five aside, forty shots. Goalkeeper make a save, get up, pick an assist, pick up an assist. And that game seven in the Checker Dome in St. Louis was the most electric atmosphere I've, I've ever had in my life. Wow. I still have movies of it, videotape. Uh, the crowd, Budweiser, the music, the smoke, the team. <laughs> and, and again, you know, we, we talked before about the style of American soccer. That, that matchup, look at the St. Louis steamers. Big, strong American, tough kids, right? Sam Bick. I mean, I can't remember all the guys. Ikeo. Those guys were, were prototypical American tough players. And we, the New York Arrows, you know, Yugoslav, German, Croatian, we were the skillful uh, artists going up against the St. Louis Steamers. So, you know, style makes great games. That was an overtime game. And, and again, the crowd on top of you, the music, the smoke, the, the atmosphere was, was unreal. And I still believe in indoor soccer. I think it's a great sport, and, and it has its place. Well, let, let me ask you a question along those lines, because literally the previous episode to this one, we had Mr. Don Ebert on with us, you know, St. Louis legend in his own right. Um, and he talked about that particular time frame where I, I, he used the word bittersweet yeah. um, for himself personally because, you know, he he loved the outdoor game. He wanted to play the big fields, wanted to, you know, explore uh, European opportunities and beyond. And, you know, NASL was, it was, it was in existence. It was, it was 
going at the time, but there were signs, signals pointing in the decline. So he latched on to the indoor game. Um, it thrived, had a great career, you know, had those moments at, at the Checker Dome and other stadiums around the country, uh, and has become a legend for it. But he talked about the bittersweet aspect in so much that he didn't say it, but he implied that the outdoor game was the goal and indoor at that time for him was, I'll make it work. Do you, I mean, you just stated that, you know, you love the indoor game. Clearly you have stake in the indoor game as well now too. Uh, but did that ever enter into your mind during those years uh, as far as you go from outdoor playing with Pele and Beckenbauer and all these iconic names outdoor, you have this indoor opportunity but Europe is also in existence with those teams and opportunities. Was there ever like any regret with shifting to indoor as opposed to trying to further your outdoor career? I can talk hours with you guys. The answer is no. And I'll tell you why. Absolutely no regret. And in many ways, I think I was a catalyst in the demise of the outdoor league. Remember how that indoor league started. Mm -hmm. Two promoters came to me, Earl Foreman and Ed Pepper. And they wanted to put on a, an exhibition game. They wanted to float a balloon out to see if indoor soccer would work. They had gone to watch a lacrosse game, and they got the idea they'd rather do indoor soccer. So it was played in Philadelphia. Uh, it was the Russians against the U.S. All-Star team they whipped together. It was a fantastic game. It was sold out at the Spectrum in Philly. They got a great reception. Now they wanted to start a league. But they needed one main player to give it credibility and so they came to me and I negotiated a crazy good deal for myself to become the first player to to sign for the major indoor soccer and and after that the floodgates opened and there was the salary fight players were leaving NASL to come to the indoor league and again I go back to your question for me I had a young baby. I'm in New York. It gave me financial security. And, and in, in the outdoor game, you talk about going to Europe or going, I wasn't going anywhere. I just married, had a child, was in New York. This gave me financial security. So this was now my, my job. And I don't look back in anything with regret. I, I lived the pinnacle with the cosmos. And, and, you know, I'm friends with Walt Frazier for 40 years. When he was playing with the Knicks, I was with the Cosmos. We've done clinics together. We work TV together. And Walt has, has said to me, and he's right, Chef, I, I won a championship ring with the Knicks in New York, and it's given me a 50-year career. You know, if you win a big championship in a big city, in a town like New York, uh, your name lives forever. And I've been in TV and appearances and endorsements in New York for the last 50 years. I owe my 40 years in, in this business to the championship with the Cosmos. Yes, I, I enjoyed the indoor. I love the indoor game. But outdoor game, the Cosmos, special place in my heart. Uh, just quick follow-up question there. Because, uh, let's see, Dr. J, Pelé, Walt Frazier. Uh, do you have any friends that are not in their particular sports hall of fame? <laughs> you don't need to answer that. <laughs> Speaking of Hall of Fame, 
I, I, I got to tell you, because of that time frame that you just explained from the NASL's d- demise to the MISL's um, rapid um, um, uh, ascension, if you will, um, what do you think, and it's all speculation now, when, when Al Davis and the NFL came knocking, um, what do you think would have happened with Major Indoor Soccer League um, if those guys would have been involved? Because, you know, I could only speculate at this point, but it could still exist today, in my opinion. To me, to be as big as the NHL, there's no question. You know, again, in places like St. Louis and Cleveland and Buffalo, uh, sold-out crowds in NHL arenas. So Al Davidson and the NFL, as you know, uh, came to New York met with the league and wanted to make an offer. And, and the owners, like owners often do, said, if the NFL wants us, we're not selling. But they didn't obviously have the infrastructure and capital yeah. that the NFL had. So, look, you, 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 we follow what life gives us. It, it, when I look at Major League Soccer now, I wouldn't have thought 20 years ago that the soccer, look at Kansas City. I mean, that was dead in the water on a baseball field. And now Sporting KC has been totally, you know, reinvented. So the soccer-specific stadiums, the growth of the sport. uh, I I sat at Red Bull Arena uh, with Beckenbauer when they opened Red Bull Arena. And he just shook his head. He said, man, when I came to this country, I I didn't see soccer fields all over the place. And I didn't dream of a stadium like this. So, look, the sport's never going away. Never. You guys know that. Not indoor, not outdoor. Um, Look, I hate the way we teach our kids to play it. I I hate a lot of things about (laughs) development. I tell the kids, be brave. Go take a player on. Go have fun. You you know, it's the Pele. You know, love the ball. Take care of the ball. Well, let me Uh, me ask a quick, I'm going to interject and ask a question specifically about that. Uh, because we, he's on we, record with not liking the DA. That, that's where that question's going. Yeah. So, so the three of us have kids that are in the system. They 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 yep. play at City's Academy. Um, yep. So we see it. We see it down in Dallas. We see it in Palm Springs, in Baltimore, and kind of the the, the machine that has become kind of yep. that that elevated youth level, right? Um, but we've had multiple conversations, specifically with our uh, guests that have uh, come from the D1 ranks, the Kevin Kalish from SLU and Jared Imbeck at Akron. And one thing they talk about, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, is talent isn't the issue. What they're looking for is character and kids that know how to win. Do you think that based on what we've kind of been alluding to, the lack of multi-sport, the 12-month uh, soccer only experiences uh, and the way that the uh, maybe the academies or some of these elevated leagues do you think they're helping or hindering creating winners? I think they're hurting, and that's a great point. It's a, look, I do some recruiting for Harvard as well, only because I like them, right? And, and they're no longer looking, they're looking for just what you said, they're looking for a winner. They're not looking at the academies, at the clubs, at the whole ecosystem we have of developing players because they feel those kids have been told since they're six years old how great they are. And, and they're not looking for that. 
They're looking for kids with character who want to be part of a team and, and they think can bring elements to make that team win. They'll give up a little bit of skill or development for a, a heart and a mind that they're looking for. And they think it's not getting developed in the systematic way that we teach in youth soccer. Now, look, I'm not in touch with the academies like City or Red Bull as much as you guys are. I know Bradley Cornell, if you ever bump into him, he's a great friend of mine and, and a super guy. Sure. Maybe I'd get him on your show. Um, but, look, I'm not steeped in, at that level of youth soccer. It just goes against everything that I intuitively feel. Well, let and, me... And I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let me ask just a quick follow-up question because I know Zach's got a question uh, fo- following me here. Um, but in regards to that avenue that we're going down, w- let if we look at the U.S. team today, or we look at the expanded pool, because really what we've seen is two U.S. teams. We've seen the European-based squad, and, for example, last night we saw predominantly the MLS-based squad. Um, both of them... It seems as if when the, uh, you know, when the stars are aligned or when the chemistry is right or you know, when the mindset is in the right place, they, they're winners. They are winning a lot of games right now. Look at the Mexico game a couple weeks ago. Um, while we are producing at the top end, do you think there might be a disconnect, though, in that process? Uh, or do you think that just the top-level talent is going to be able to pull out the Ws no matter what? such a mixed bag because on one hand I, I agree with what you say right We've got a couple of different teams at the u.s national team level i don't think we scratched the surface though i am extremely disappointed in the whole u.s soccer u.s national team program it's extremely disappointed how we've gone about it from the top down in u.s soccer you know the size of the country you know the demographics you know and you asked earlier about what's our style of play. We don't have a style of play. Nope. We have zero style nope. of yeah. play. That's me. None. <laughs> yeah. We don't. We don't. We don't have I mean, an identity. Got no idea who we are. Yeah, and that, absolutely. that starts from the top to the bottom. So I, I'm disappointed overall. Really. I, I you know, I don't have rose colored glasses. I, I think we're we got some talent, and the talent is prevailing because we've got no system, we've got no identity, we have no culture for, for U.S. soccer. Good, Zach. So I, I'm curious, Shep, on that kind of a point, if you could start over, redo the U.S. Youth Soccer Association and kind of pick and choose how you develop it, given your background, given your experience, calling the game, playing the game, how would you have changed it? What would you do differently? Look, I don't, I don't like answering any question like that with a knee-jerk reaction. I, like, I wish I'd been given the opportunity. I should have written it down do and sent it to you ahead of time. Sorry. No, <laughs> but it's a great question. And, and I tell you what, I've come up with a better answer than anybody else has come up with. Because we're not <laughs> I love it. That's why I've never asked anybody else that question but you because I feel like you have, so I look at Matt Turner, right? Current U.S. keeper, yep. has a similar background yep. 
as far Correct. as playing style or not yeah. style, but path that you did and, yeah. and, and kind of took the, the, the game by storm and it's become a mega star within, you know, now Arsenal, but yeah. off the U S men's team. And I think there's such a, a, an American part to how we view our sports teams, right? We, we, we view our teams in a different lens than I think a lot of our European counterparts do. And 100%. that's why I would love to get your perspective because you've seen it. You, you've, you've met so many different great people. And, and so he's I'll, buddies I'll, with two of the best players of all time, uh, yeah. started businesses and drove around to studio 54 with these guys. So here's, here's <laughs> so the deal. These gonna, would be their board members. I'm going to give you a couple weeks to think about what I asked <laughs> and then we're going to call you back and see, I want your, your PowerPoint presentation on what you do differently, but no, I, I appreciate your thoughts on it. No, and, and you know what? I like you guys. I wasn't prepared to, so I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, you know what the beauty of this is? We have that on tape. So no matter what, you can never deny it at this point. <laughs> yeah. Hey, why, you know what I want to do? I want to actually stay in the same lane of questioning or style of questioning, yep. but I'm going to shift us over into MLS. Um, you, this is, uh, you are clearly, you're knee deep in it right now. Your participation, uh, and role with the Apple plus, uh, uh, television coverage, you, you're seeing all the teams at a myriad of different levels and, and, uh, you know, the, the stories and really the results and or lack of, but I want to ask you first about our beloved newly born baby city SC, um, here we are sitting July 3rd, 20 games into the season. Uh, we're top of the West. Uh, we are missing three, you know, our top three players, arguably, uh, are out on injury. Um, and here we are. And you've been in the booth. You've been in the team, MLS team, from day one. Everybody knew that we were the new little starlings. And every single publication, et cetera, had us dead last at best. Um, and we're in first 20 of 34 played. What's your gut uh, feeling, uh, thoughts on what City SC has done at this stage of the game in year one? Boy, you, you're giving me softball questions. So let me, let me <laughs> pat myself on the back. So I'm not sure if you saw it, but two months ago on one of the Apple shows called MLS 360. Right. I and it was written up in periodicals all over. It was about two months ago, and I got up on MLS 360, and they said, "Chef, you're always you got your finger on the pulse of anything. Any any breaking stories?" I said, "Yeah, I'll give you a good one." Lionel Messi, his deal is done. He's coming here. I, I have a source, and it's a done deal. That was two months ago, and and they wrote it up all over. Yep, I read sure. it. So the other one is, is your St. Louis uh, City team. I, you know, I had Bradley Cornell as a friend in New York. When he was an assistant coach. Yep. Got to know him well, utmost respect for him. And the sporting director, again, I'm getting, you know, the goalkeeper's union. He, he's a <laughs> Lutz. African, right? <laughs> you know his history, though, right? Yep. He's yeah, the yeah. only player has played in every confederation of the world. Yeah. I think he was in jail <laughs> for close to a year in Singapore for a match-fixing scandal that he turned out 
not guilty of, but he spent a year in a Singapore or Philippine jail. Wow. I think he, he stole a penguin. Yeah, I was gonna. He stole a penguin. <laughs> Have you stolen any zoo animals in the last forty years? <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of animals, but I really thought the combination of, of him and, and Bradley—they had a year to prepare. They really knew what they were doing in terms of going out, putting together a cohesive team. They also, again, the goalkeepers' union. Who's the highest-paid goalkeeper in Major League Soccer? Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. And he's an ace. Keeps him in every game. So I I think they're only going to get better. They didn't go – they went through a little bit of a slump, but I think they're a good team, a very good team. I think sky's the limit for them. I got a I got a personal um, pride question for you because yeah. I could only just imagine um, how proud you are. So you grew up in the Bronx playing stickball on the streets. Uh, you've mentioned multiple major sports stars. Joe Namath wasn't mentioned yet, but you were pals with him. Walt Frazier, Reggie Jackson, Studio 54 Days. Um, you played professional in the city for a long time, and then you worked for MSG for 20-plus years, and now, you, of course, you took the Apple deal. Um, what does it mean to you to um, grow up, be successful, and have soccer become your life in the city that you love, that you grew up in? So I'm thinking of my kids and my grandkids, and, 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 and look. I, I've had a fortunate life, right? <laughs> wow. I, I've had a fortunate life and, and been fortunate enough to have done well in the moment that define your career, yep. right? And, and in sports, it's a unique career. You know that, yep. Yep. right? It's that moment, it's that play, it's that game, it's that season where you go up or down. And you got to prove it every day you get on the field. So... It's not, it's actually not on my radar screen what I'm proud of. I'm proud when my my kids today come to me, and I've got grandkids with both my son and daughter, and they said, Dad, the greatest thing you ever did for us was take us every holiday season to the pediatric ward of a hospital. Wow. Right? When when you gave out stuff, because it, it, at a young age, it, it made them keep their lives in perspective. No matter what else they do, we all get caught up in, or we, it's easy to get caught, in, caught up in what you've achieved, your success. You know, but it's not the measure of your character. The measure of your character is when you have nothing, how do you treat people? So this stuff <clears throat> is all great. I obviously am proud of it. I have it up on the wall, but, you know, well, for, the, for, the, for those of you listening, he turned the phone around for us and showed us his uh, photos with friends, elevated friends and images and games. And, Family. Uh, you know, and Shep, just wait till we measure, mail you our photo. We will autograph that as well for you. Yep. So if you want to put that right I see his face right <laughs> over your left shoulder. I think that'll fit just perfectly. I think it'll go. Yeah, fit right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so we just got punked by Shep. Hey, this no, was a great so conversation. I, I want to I wanna bring something up because I wasn't able to interview Al with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I listened to the episode. I've, I've met him since. And Al Trost, still to this day, substitute teaches at a local high school. And 
I think about the story you just told, Shep, about taking your kids to the pediatrics ward. And I think about how every question we've asked you about the good old days and about the legacy and about the, the pride, you have deflected. And you've talked about what other aspects of those times meant to you. And I love that. I love hearing those stories from you, from Al. And I love the humility that you have. Now, on the field, I wouldn't have ever used the term humble for Shep Messing from the games that I've seen. <laughs> but the man that you've become and, and, and that you've shaped your kids and your grandkids, I think is so impressive. And I, I'm curious to, I, I, full disclosure, I, I, I was a religious studies major as an undergrad. Did your faith or your cultural faith have much to do with how you viewed life? Um, and if, you, if you're willing to talk about it, I'd love to hear that side of it. Yeah, so it's a good way to close because I'm watching the clock. I get to go for five minutes, yeah. but yeah, yeah. And I think it's another whole hour-long conversation. <laughs> um, I'm Jewish, and at the Olympic Games, uh, when the village was attacked uh, by the Palestinian terrorists, I got a knock on my door. Altros was a couple of rooms over in the Israeli compound 25 yards away from us. And I got a knock on the door by two German soldiers with machine guns saying, oh, you've got messes. And there was a moment of fear, a moment when I didn't know whether to back up or go forward. And, and they said, please come with us. We're rounding up the Jewish athletes and putting you in protective custody. So because we're not sure this is an isolated attack or whether or not it's over. So I, I start at the top there because in, in any religion or faith, no matter what your faith or religion is, I think it can help define your life as a person. Well so said. Did it have an effect on me and a family of five growing up? Absolutely. And, and, and look, my, my parents and five of us as kids Sports were not a priority. Priority was how you treat people, education, music, music, culture. You know, I, I watch the helicopter parents and grandparents today who go to every practice of their six-year-old child. <laughs> and, and I tell people, you know the first game my parents saw me play? At the Olympics. <laughs> they never saw me play a game. I played in the street, in the grass, and I played on a club. My parents saw me play at the Olympic Games. First time they ever saw me play a game. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, life changes. And, and, and look, to your question, I, I encourage all, all people to, to not have tunnel vision when it comes to sports, soccer, and their kids becoming great. Don't have tunnel vision. There's a whole world out there more important than that. Is, is it? Do I love it? Is it a huge part of my life? Has it gotten me to great places and great people and great things? Sure, right? But you got to keep it in perspective. It, it, it's Love not that. like it. That's powerful. Love that. Well, I don't, no matter what kind of shithousery question we come up with <laughs> next, it won't, it, it won't be appropriate given uh, that close. Um, so, Shep, 
I just want to thank you for joining us. Um, this has really been a pleasure. Uh, a lot of these topics, uh, you know, and again, we have you on tape. We will definitely be hitting <laughs> you back again here in, in the future uh, to get a follow-up take on the world of soccer here that we're all living in. Um, but I, I just want to thank you for your time. This has been brilliant. And, you know, best of luck with the rest of the Apple Plus season and all of that. We, we watch it. We all watch it 360. Um, and, and I do have a closing question. What is the deal with Andrew and the lack of socks and this whole, like, <laughs> shoes and feet thing? Like, he's, he's trying to copy me. He's trying to, <laughs> I want to close on this note sincerely because I don't like doing these things and I rarely do them because I don't like talking about me and all that stuff. But you guys were very interesting because it wasn't about rings and trophies. It was a deeper conversation, better questions. This I enjoyed. I, I really did. And so I will do it again. I, I don't like those typical sports podcasts yeah. that I get a ton of requests to do, you know, so somebody can get a comment about a game. That's, this was good. This was a good conversation, good question. Enjoyed you guys, and I will do it again. Well, we so really much, appreciate sir. that. You know, and the main reason is, Shep, we're just not that smart. We go to a pub, <laughs> and we call friends, and we drink beers and have a conversation. So It's real. <laughs> My kind of guy. Take care. Enjoy the holiday tomorrow. Take Thanks, care. Shep. Happy 4th. Take care, Shep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, gentlemen, we didn't fumble. Well, maybe a little bit. I don't, I, I mean, I don't think we go, go, well, Let's do this. Uh, let's toss our boys at Pinnacle Loans a little bone here. Pinnacle point four? Yes. What's your Pinnacle mm-hmm. point post, post, uh, post Shep? He was not anything like I expected him to be, to be honest. What do you mean? I think because of his background, his bravado on the, on the pitch, and just the, the amount of, of things he's accomplished, I, I expected him to be a little bit more, not braggadocious by any means. No, I didn't. Yeah. Not that, just more self-aggrandizing, I guess, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I think I would be. Shit. If, I mean, he did <clears throat> name drop a little bit. <laughs> you think? But that's because that's who he hangs out I, it's with. It's the world it, that he, yeah, that, it, that he it, came it out wasn't. of. Did both of you jerks grow your mustache out just because we had Shep on? Did I? Do I did I grow my mustache out? Uh, and look at him. I, like, I really can't see mine from here. This is a podcast. It's audio-based. Oh, I can't audio see my based? face. Um, no, that was fun. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> uh, so here's the deal. We're, we're going to wrap this thing up real quick. Um Thank you again for joining us. I uh, really hope you enjoyed this. Um, we've got a few more guests coming down the pipe. Um, we didn't get into the photo shoot. Maybe next time because you I'm said he'd I'm glad come we back. didn't. You're, you are? I am. I just, it would have, I don't know. It maybe would have muddied the waters a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it, it would have put things on a weird trajectory. And I think we kept it classy as much as we can, given who we are. Uh, but yeah. Santiago? Well, so here's the deal. Here's the deal, people. Go ahead, do a little wiki, a Wikipedia. Uh, Shep Messing, check it out. Re- read the whole thing. There are way more stories. That oh my we god, dude! You, touch on. I mean, he wrote his own book. He has an autobiography that yeah. he wrote in the '70s. Yeah, he it can was, write another one now. Yeah, that was fun. So we will definitely be hitting up. We've got it on air. That he said 
he'll do it again. So we're going to have him do it again. And without further ado, I would like to thank our hosts, the Amsterdam Tavern, the soccer mecca of, you know, I'm going to expand beyond the Midwest. I think it's nationally speaking, it's the best soccer bar in America. And you, you would know. You've been. I've been to, to quite others. A few of them. Yeah. yeah, I would do that. Yep. Thank you uh, for hosting us, gentlemen. Uh, give us a follow. And again, Tiny Tim, this thing. Share with a friend. Help somebody. We would love this support. Um, and we'll keep the stories coming. Uh, Zach, what's your plans for the fourth? Uh, sitting by a pool. And is it Jared's pool? Nope. Oh, More than welcome. I won't be there. <laughs> I am like My plans have changed I'm going to Winsville now. Yeah, You can have free reign My, my uh, I, I'm calling an audible on the spot Yeah go ahead guys You guys can just do it all up And cook and do whatnot. I'm going to be working on the 4th um, In my wife's dream business Which is On the Rocks Beverage Company Annoying They, uh, But we are Um we're full service, so you people on the rocks, beveragecompany.com, come see us. Yeah, need a party, don't want people in your house, don't like those germs, fingers on your glass, or grubby kids grabbing ice out of the bucket, call these guys. They'll have a party in your neighborhood. Thank you again for listening. We're on our way out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this one for Shep. I didn't get to give him like intro music, so I'm going to give him some outro. Um, I'll let him know. What do you guys think? Good? I like it. Yeah. All right. We're out. Later, people.